Welcome to the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here on DK Sports Radio. We've got a lot to talk about here, of course, on this Thursday, February 25th, because it happened. Xavier Johnson is entering the transfer portal, which means he's leaving Pitt Panthers basketball, and we're going to see a new era in the, at the point guard position, which means Femi Udakale is going to take over there. Now, this is going to be most of the show, if not all of the show. Not just talking about this, but where what what the team is from here. And what does this what does this transfer mean? Because this is huge. Xavier Johnson was the brightest star of Jeff Capel's first recruiting class. It was him, it was Trey McGowan's, and it was Audie's Tony. And now with the transferring of Xavier Johnson, there's only one of those guys left. And of course, that's Audie's Tony. Trey McGowan's transferred last March of 2020. Xavier Johnson literally transferring this week or entering the transfer portal in February. That means he's lost two of his first recruits in the matter of a year. But... Is this a, the, the, oh my, this is a big problem bell being rung for Jeff Capel? Or is this just him sorting out his program? Because the writing was on the wall for this to happen. I have to say that especially after that North Carolina State game, that's when I was like, okay, I think X is wearing out his welcome. When I watched that game and I saw X take technical fouls and once again he got in foul trouble, I realized that Jeff Capel you know, is getting even more frustrated with this guy. And give Jeff Capel credit when it comes to Xavier Johnson. He, never, he didn't do like how Kevin Stallings did. Whenever Kevin Stallings players messed up, he was like, they, they stink. They're not good at this. They, you know, he would put it all on them. He wouldn't give them any chance to grow from it. He would try to pin them with all the responsibility all the time and just leave them hanging to dry on the Kevin Stallings radio show or whatever. Jeff Capel argued and fought for Xavier Johnson for years. When he messed up, when he committed a charge, when he turned the ball over, he'd be like, hey, X does need to grow in these places but he's giving us X, Y, and Z. And we need that on our team. And he said that several times. We need him to be able to play because we need him to be able to win. I mean, heck, at the start of the season, we were talking about him, Audis Tony, and Justin Champagny being the big three of Pitt basketball. And over the last six games, he's played a lot less minutes because of his foul trouble. And after the NC State game, when he took a technical, and again, his technical foul led to two to, led to two free throws, both were made. 
and those are two free throws in a one-point game. Not saying that they definitely would have won if he didn't get that technical foul because that's ridiculous. But it's certainly you know, any of those kind of mistakes count against you in close losses. And when looking at the way that Jeff Capel responded to that, he said, I've been trying to tell this man for years. And he didn't say I, he said we as a coaching staff. We've been telling him for three years now that you cannot be demonstrative toward the officials. You cannot give them any reason to give you a technical. And at that point, I thought Jeff Capel was fed up. And if you've been listening to this show, the H2P podcast, you know I stood up for Xavier Johnson. I've been one on this show to say, you know what? Give this guy a break. He's trying to create. They're trying to build a program. And I acknowledge his faults. He does turn the ball over too much. He averaged the most turnovers in the ACC this year. And he was up there in all of his years. And I did see growth in him this year. But not enough. And too many times... We would come off of a loss. We'd do our midweek Zooms or talk to him or whoever the players were before a game or even after a loss. And he would he would say the right things. He would say, hey, we need to do this. We need to do that. I need to do this. I need to do that. But those didn't follow with the actions of someone who was truly contrite about their mistakes. And I'm not talking about behind-the-scenes stuff where he... You know, he stayed late and shot, and he did that a few times this season. But I'm talking about, I'm talking about when, when, uh, when he, they needed him to stop committing charges, when they needed him to stop doing things to turn the ball over. And then, say he turned the ball over, then he'd go and commit a quick foul on defense, and a stupid foul. Not a smart foul that, you know, stopped the clock and everything. And sometimes he would do that, but you know what I'm saying. If you're a Pitt fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about with X. The things that he did that didn't make sense. And... I'm for one again. I was. I thought. I think there's a lot of people who got on his case way too quickly when he made mistakes. But the bottom line was he needed to learn from those mistakes, and Jeff Capel gave him the time to do so. He had, you know, all his freshman year. Fine, you're a freshman. This is a new program. I mean, and Jeff Capel was handed nothing to work with when it came to players who stuck around. And I think that's the thing that people got to remember when you talk about Ben Hallam, when you talk about Jamie Dixon and the start of their eras, they inherited people that could carry the burden of being the upperclassmen who show the first recruits of the new coach what it's like and what it takes to play a D1 ACC or at the time Big East basketball. And Jeff Capel doesn't have that luxury right now. And that's no excuse for Xavier Johnson or that class. It's just a reality. But again, I look at what X, where he didn't grow. And early in the season, in the middle of the season, I saw him improve in getting the ball out of his hands. He, at one for a, quite some time of this season, he led the ACC in assists. He did look like he was keeping his head up, and he wasn't, because last year, for his first two years, I felt like too many times he tried to be Superman. He would drive right into triple co- triple you know coverage, and or not triple coverage, geez, you know I'm the football guys, guys, but um, he would drive right into a triple team 
in the middle of the paint and be like, I got him right where I want him. And go for a layup and it would get blocked and it would just be a waste of possession. This year, he would he would start to do that and then dish it out. But sometimes he still would dish it out too late and then he'd draw the charge penalty and, and then he'd get frustrated. And then whenever Pitt got into a rut, he'd get into a rut with him. And sometimes it felt like he was a person leading them into the rut because you felt his frustration leak out into the rest of the team. But again, Jeff Capel gave him, he defended him. Every time when someone asked him about X's mistakes, he wouldn't he wouldn't baby him, but he would say, "Hey, we expect him to grow from this. We, you know, say the right things that a coach is supposed to say." He never buried X until X kept burying himself. And this is not to say that Xavier Johnson is a lost cause in all of basketball, and he's going to he deserves the right to go play where he wants to play and to finish out his career in college. Uh, remember, you know, this year doesn't count against anyone's eligibility. So if he wants, he could be a junior next year and play two more years for another school somewhere. I'm sure there will be Power Five school teams reaching out to him very soon. But this had to happen for Pitt, and for a while, because I know a lot of you guys in the comment section on DK Pittsburgh Sports, you know, we're saying, ah, man, I'm getting tired of X. I'm getting tired of these turnovers. I'm getting tired of this. I'm tired of that. Why doesn't Capel bench him. The reason was he didn't have the guy to replace him for quite some time. Femi Udakale is the number, team's number two point guard, has been all season. And it wasn't until these last few weeks that we saw him really rise up and start to be the guy that we expected a backup point guard to be. But we're going to talk about that, where Pitt goes from here, because Femi Udakale is the team's point guard moving forward. What Jeff Capel needs to do with this team to get them where they need to be next year, we'll talk about right after this. Welcome back to the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. And uh, we're going to keep talking about pit basketball right now. I know that we've had a few weeks of just pit basketball. Well, it's pit basketball season. And they've been going through some rough parts. And it continues. It's crazy, right? This feels, we talked about the, I wrote about the free fall in pit football's season when they hit October and they lost every single game in October. Now, granted, Kenny Pickett was hurt for 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 half of those. But they lost to NC State. They lost to Boston College, both of them by one point. And then they got they, they they went to Miami and had to start Joey Yellen and they got smacked there and then they got shut out and embarrassed by Notre Dame at, at Heinz Field. And in four straight weeks, they got their butts handed to them. And then at the end of that four-game run, Paris Ford, who was the biggest name of, you know, of what a lot of people thought would be maybe the first pit name off the draft board, still might be, um, but uh, he, he opts out. After that, after that Notre Dame loss, and everyone is like, oh, man, this is just the pits. This isn't <laughs> it's the pits. Look at me making puns. Um, but this was clearly, you know, that was clearly a, a tough time. Now, here was what redeemed the season is that Pat Narduzzi, they won three of their last four games. They went on the road to Florida State. I was there in Tallahassee when they pulled that win off. Then they came back home, did senior day. They beat Virginia Tech. And then they went on the road. They got shellacked by Clemson. But then who doesn't get shellacked by Clemson? And then they came, they, they, uh, they went on the road and they won at Georgia Tech. And they showed like, hey, we, we've got something going here. Even with like a player like Rashad Weaver who opted out of their last game. 
And again, that's nothing wrong against Rashad Weaver. He can do whatever he wants. But that's what happened in football. And now, doesn't it feel just a little similar in pit basketball? Where season started out great. We're excited. Pitt's 8-2, and 4-1 and in the ACC. Best start of Jeff Capel's career. And then depression set in. They lose 7 of 8 games. 7 of 8. And yes, that 1 in that 8 games was against a ranked team. And it's the first ranked opponent the Pitt has beaten since 2019. Only the second ranked opponent beaten the Jeff Capel era. But then... You lose this last game. It was very frustrating. And now Xavier Johnson is transferring out, out, uh, out of the program. And X, for all his flaws, for all the places he still needs to grow as a basketball player, he brought a lot to the court for Pitt. He finishes 30th all-time in scoring in the program. And he was supposed to be part of the guys who helped change the direction of Pitt. And in a way he did, you know, they got, they like, for example, as bad as this year has been, as far as the collapse that's happened, they have Pitt now has, has more conference wins in the ACC in this single season. than they did all during the Kevin Stallings era. Let's be real. That's definitely Jeff Capel has improved the program from the crater. It was in, but it takes a lot to get them from, Terrible to mediocre to competitive. Which is where everyone wants to see Pitt eventually that's a Pitt fan. At least be competitive and get your big games out there. But to me, this had to happen for Jeff Capel to take that next step. And why? Think about it. He's a coach with a lot of young players. Like I said before, he didn't have... The vets that stuck around, the Ricardo Greers like Ben Hallandad had, and where it was able to set the tone for the young guys that he recruited and show them the ropes of what it meant to be a D1 basketball player. He didn't get that. Xavier Johnson, and part of this might be Xavier Johnson, you know, the, his success went to his head, which I really think it did. You know, Jerry DePala who I linked in my story about Xavier Johnson, he always tells me in the press box when we're talking about X, and he reminds me about how his freshman year when he was covering him, and mind you, I wasn't covering Pitt his freshman year. I was I was a part-time, just a Steelers analyst for, for DK. But Jerry told me how, you know, he asked, um, he, he asked Xavier Johnson, you know, you know, how he feels about the program and how long he'll be at Pitt. And Xavier told him, as a freshman, averaging 15 and a half points per game, he said, I don't plan to be here in four years. And I guess he was right, because he's not. He's transferring out after three. But it's not because he's going to the NBA, which which is what he thought. And that's not to make fun of X, but it's a reality. And I do think that that got to his head. And X even admitted that in this past offseason. He was like, yeah, I got I got a little too big-headed. And Justin Champagne said, I, X told me that I need to not let that get into me. Because Champagne had a heck of a, have a heck of a freshman season, right? And he's having a heck of a season right now. And and the thing is, I still don't see Champagne being big headed right now, even as he leads the ACC in points and rebounds. But Jeff Capel had to do something 
both to put his foot down, to show the rest of the program and all the players coming through it that he's serious, and to get the team start to get ready for next year. This season's done. They're not making the NC tournament unless they hit a highly improbable run in the ACC. They're not making the NCAA tournament, excuse me, unless they hit a highly improbable run in the ACC tournament and go all the way and win that. That's the only way they make the the uh, the big dance. But the bottom line for Pitt right now is getting ready for next season. And I know it's frustrating for some Pitt fans. It's like, well, we were ready for this season. It's, it takes time to dig yourself out of the hole that was dug when Ke- when uh, Kevin Stallings was here. And you, know, you might even say, I'm tired of hearing that too, but it's a reality. It's not easy. And like I said earlier in the season, Jeff Cable couldn't put his foot down at Xavier Johnson. Because as much as, because what, what you look more even, even more like a fool if you put your foot down and bench him and then his backup doesn't produce anything. Because then that player that you benched is then looking at you like you really sacrificing games and wins because you don't want to play me and I don't understand the lesson I'm learning here. Now Femi Urakale started off the season in a way that you're thinking, ah, I'm not so sure. But he's really come on. Over the past, what was it, five games? He's averaged 21 minutes of play compared to just 12 minutes per game in his first 17 games in in the in the NCAA. He's sixth on the team in scoring with 86 points, and he doesn't turn the ball over at an insane rate with 1.4 turnovers per game uh, during those last five games where he was playing over 20 minutes a game, and that's lower than Xavier Johnson who averaged 3.2 during that span and and averaged 3.3 on the year. But now Femi has given him that room to say, you know what? X has gone too far. We got the the Bucks got to stop somewhere. And I think it did here. And again, I think NC State was the, the the straw that broke the camel's back. And then you saw with last week just kind of it all getting to a boiling point where X is just continues continue to make mistakes and Jeff Cable had just had enough. And I'm pretty sure he was like, hey, X, sat him down, was honest with him, like, we appreciated your time here, but if you want to be a starter, it's not going to be here. And he basically told X, our starting point guard moving forward is Femi. X probably wasn't having it. And he was ready to go to another school. And again, X is probably thinking, I need to prove myself as being a guy who can make the NBA. And if, in his mind, he's probably thinking that means he needs to go start somewhere. And if Jeff Cable says it's not going to be here, then he's not going to take that and he's going to try to go transfer somewhere who will give him that, him that opportunity. And this is the second, again, this is the second guy that's transferred in the past year, Trey McGowan's being the other major one. But I think it, it shows to other players in the program and, and other players who will come into the program that you can't just do whatever you want, even if you think you're the best guy on the team, even if you think you're destined for the NBA. You know that stuff ain't going to fly under Jeff Capel. And I commend Jeff Capel for making that stand. 
And again, I'm I'm not one of those guys that was bashing Xavier Johnson all season, saying, "Man, he stinks here. He doesn't do this." I I appreciated Xavier Johnson when he did turn it on, but I also acknowledged when he didn't. And a lot of the mistakes late in the season, they weren't. Oh, I missed the shot. My bad. They were mental errors. Continuous mental errors. And ones that the coach has told you time and time again to avoid. And that's when I think that, okay, now now it's on you as a player. So where does Pitt go from here? That's the question. They got a few more games that are on the schedule. They got four or five opponents that are that were postponed in the, early in the season that haven't been put back on the schedule. And then they'll have, you know, and you probably won't get all of those games back. Probably only get like one or two, if that. And then they'll play the ACC tournament. I think the bottom line here for Pitt is they need Femi to start, him to gain experience, gain chemistry with the rest of the team. I think another part of the step needs to be that they start they they start giving more time and maybe even starting Nike Sabande. I think that he's playing very well on both sides of the ball, both sides of the court. Sorry, you guys know I'm a football guy. I use football, uh, you know, idioms <laughs> uh, for for things. But you know what I mean. He plays well. He plays well on offense and defense. Whereas it feel it feels a good shooter. He's a sniper, but he's not a driver. He's not a defender. And I think Nike has those advantages over him. And Nike's older. Nike's a, Nike's a senior who could come back next year because of the eligibility waiver. Ithiel's a sophomore who can be a sophomore next year. And I think that's the cool thing about Ithiel is that he has plenty of time to grow in this program and continue to hone his shooting skills and how he fits into the offense. But he has to grow. And I think right now, Nike Sabande would bring some balance to the to the starting lineup. And with him and Femi as the starters, and maybe Ethiel as the sixth man who could come in, give you some quality minutes, be a sniper, change up the offense a little bit, that could be somewhere to grow from. And if they start to get, if they can group together some wins to end the season, it can look a lot like with how Narduzzi finished his season by going three of four after that four-game losing streak the pit went on. But they got to turn around at some point. And they got to send the message for the guys who are coming back next year that this type of skit is not acceptable. And these are the things we need to do to avoid it. And it's one thing for four returning guys. I mean, if you think about it again, from 2020 to 2021, in the last two seasons, there were only four guys who got significant minutes from the from the previous season who carried over to this season. And I, I'd say, and really only three, Tony, Champagny, and Johnson. Terrell Brown would be the other one that's there. But, I mean, let's be real, Terrell Brown is kind of the extra right now. But even with that, those are the only four guys who could kind of send those messages. Now, this time next year, if they get into a skid, not only will you have Champagne and Tony, but you'll have Sabande. You'll have Thornton. You'll have Otakale. 
Heck, you'll have the bench players who were like, it sucked to ride the pine on that. You're hoping that William Jefferson, Noah, Noah Collier can profess that to other guys and say like, look, like we need to do X, Y, and Z to get to the point where we can actually play. You hope that's where Pitt's going. And again, I think by making this stand, it'll be important to see how they finish this season. Do they finish strong? Or do they finish weak? That could be a huge part of what determines where Jeff Capel goes moving forward. And I think it'd be the the best way for him to set the tone for these guys to come back next year, where hopefully we're talking about the peak being able to be full and we're talking about being out of COVID and these players being out of risks and having to worry every single day about the future of the program or the future of their health or whether or not they're being, they need to be contact traced and all those other things. Cause that's another thing that weighed on these kids mind every single day. But Hey, Pitt plays again this weekend. I'll be covering it on the website, as you know I do. And we'll see how they take that first step in the post-Xavier Johnson era. But that's all we have for you here today on the HGP Podcast. Hope you enjoy the show. Pitt fans, hang in there. I'll be back in your ears next week talking more Pitt sports. This is Chris Carter on the DK Sports Radio Network. Stay tuned with us. We've got a lot of great things coming your way. Ladies and gentlemen.